0: Get, up, get out of here and go! <laughs> Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue. Here is your host, Dominic Catronio.
1: No, no, not Milwaukee, from a much more chipper Wrigley Field tonight. Man, what a ball game. I I I know it wasn't the result Brewers fans wanted, but You know, just sitting back as a baseball fan, yeah, it was the North Wind, and we'll talk plenty about the opportunities and everything that went down today, but, man, what a baseball game. You know, just one first-inning run on a ground out holds up. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, the, the Brewers should have scored more. You know how many of the Cubs left out there today, too? Corbin Burns walking the tightrope all day long. No problem at all. 1-0 one nothing. the final. The Cubs win. They've leveled the series at a game apiece. It'll be a rubber match tomorrow. Brandon Woodruff against Kyle Hendricks at 120. Hope you will join us. That will be a whole lot of fun. But we're talking about tonight here, 855- 616-1620. Again, 855- 616-1620 if you want to join us on the show. Craig Sean's going to join us once his television duties are over, but I-, I just want to, let's get the wind conversation out of the way. Let's put a little appetizer as we'll talk more about this with Craig, but The wind, yes, it's windy. It's the windy city. It's Chicago, the north wind. You see it on the forecast. You see it when you walk in at batting practice, and it happens. And I see a lot of negativity saying, oh, the Brewers are swinging for home runs. Why are they swinging for – they're not. They hit the ball hard, okay? Tyrone Taylor, I'm shocked that Tyrones didn't get into the basket. He crushed that ball. I mean, William Contreras did exactly what you want to do in that situation. With a runner on first, top of the eighth inning, nobody out. And notice, Yellich wasn't running to try to give William an opportunity to swing. And William crushes one to right center field. That's what you're supposed to do, right? You're not trying to say, oh, I'm going to lift this out to right center field and hit a home run. No! You're thinking, I'm going to hit the ball hard. And he just caught a little too much Backsman fly out, Yelich retreats. Out. And then he tries to steal with one out. He gets thrown out. That was the moment, in my opinion. The Brewers also, and I, I've said this before on the show, I'm going to say it again. Yes, it was windy. Justin Steele pitched his tail off tonight, too. So did Corbin Burns. This was a this was an ace off as expected. Two aces, best of their craft, peak of their powers type thing. Pitching fantastic tonight. you got to be able to compartmentalize good pitching and bad hitting. Now, were the Brewers struggling with... Runners in scoring position. Yeah, but coming into the game, they've been doing great. And somebody asked me, "Oh, here we go. It's all going to fall apart now." No, you realize going hitting 402 with runners in scoring position, you're still failing six times with runners in scoring position. You know, to use the cliche, right? You, you hit 400. You're going to get four hits out of ten. You're going to fail. And you add him up at the end of the year, that's why we have a batting average. Was the Brewers' approach flawed tonight in the wind? I don't think so. You look at the first inning. Willie, nine-pitch at-bat against Justin Steele. That was a massive moment. He's grinding, he's grinding. he got second and third. He's in full defense mode, and he finally barrels the ball, but it's caught on a little skip by the second baseman, Nico Horner. So you got up next, okay, a guy that gets bat to ball, normally gets a lot of contact, was completely overmatched by Justin Steele. That's good pitching. Struck out on a slider. Very next inning, tip my cap to Justin Steele. He wears one off the leg. Caratini hit a rocket 100 miles an hour, right back to him. Then another single by Terang, put runners on first and second. Tyrone falls behind with two strikes, works the count to two and two, grounds into a 5-4-3. That could be an argument. Yeah, you know, just you'd rather take a strikeout there than a groundout, but the Brewers' M.O. has been put the ball in play, good things happen. Something good didn't happen there. Then in the third, Yelly hit a liner to center, and it was a nice play by Mike Talkman to track that ball down. Then Contreras bloops a single because, of course, Canna bloops a single because, of course, on a seven-pitch battle, puts first and second. That was the moment where, you know, Adamas, he gets overmatched, gets caught guessing, Strikes out on a fastball. The Monasterio, once again, same thing, overmatched on the slider. Those, I mean, those first three innings opportunities, that wasn't because of the wind, not at all. That was because the Brewers really only put one ball in play that had a chance of driving a run. That was the Willie Adama's line out in the first. And in that first inning, the fact that I mean, it, it becomes a, a baseball strategy question, right? If you're the Cubs knowing your ballpark, wind blowing in, it's the first inning. In a normal scenario without the wind, you'd be like, oh, you should never have the infield in with the first inning. Never, no matter the situation. And when I saw they were not going to the infield in, in the top of the first inning, when the wild pitch move runners to second and third. But it was with two strikes, mind you, on Willie. So there's a couple of reasons for that. Let's break that down. The reason why they didn't go infield win, because number one, it's a first inning. You figure more than one run is going to score. And number two, with two strikes in that situation, a stoink is going to score two runs as opposed to just a pop-out. So you keep the infield back saying, hey, if you hit a ground ball, congratulations, you score a run. And that's what the Cubs did in the bottom of the inning with Cody Bellinger. He got the two strikes on Corbin Burns. He pulled a ground ball to second base. The Brewers were saying, all right, no problem. Trade the run. We'll go get ours eventually. And they never did. And that was the story of the game. I'm fine with not having the infield in. That's just kind of the strategy behind what went down with that. And also, I don't want to have the infield in against Cody Bellinger, who's been one of the best hitters in baseball. The odds are he's going to hit it over the infielders' heads anyway, and he just said, okay, infield back. I'm going to be a professional hitter and take the ground out. And I'm not blaming Willie for hitting a line drive. Not at all. But I'm just saying that was the difference of the game. You wear it on the chin, and you move on. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. This one from in Illinois. Not much you can say, but tip your cap to steal in the Cubs. They always play the crew well. It's a rivalry. Player of the game definitely burns. Defense was terrific again. No problem with the caught ceiling in the eighth. It happens. Let's start a new streak with Woody tomorrow. Appreciate that, Aaron. This text uh, from the 715 area code. Wasn't happy seeing Sal Freelick and Rowdy only get one plate appearance. I don't believe Joey Weimer gave quality at-bats. Need to find a way to score when people are in scoring position with one out. We have fast guys, and it seems the crew is scared to bunt in situations like these. Hopefully we can get the win tomorrow and get back on track. I was a little surprised to see Sal not in there today, but then you remember it's a lefty, and the Brewers have been pretty staunch in saying they're easing Sal into the big leagues and not having him play every day, especially against lefties. you got to wonder when that switch is going to flip. And personally, you know, I wouldn't have minded seeing Sal in there today, but then you remember Weimer's success really all year has been carried by his performance against left-handed pitching. So that was the main reason why he was in there over Sal Freelich today. And Tyrone had been a good hitter, but he's ice cold right now, and he nearly hit one into the baskets in left field. When it comes to the bunts, I mean, the only situation I would have seen a bunt, I, I, I don't because you don't, You first of all, you never want to bunt with one out, right? Because then you put all the onus on one batter. So if you're thinking you're going to bunt in the second inning with Tyrone Taylor up and Yelich on deck, I don't know if I want to sign up for that left-on-left, one-at-bat-only situation, right? I'd rather try my luck with Tyrone Taylor. And I'm not bunting with Willie Adamas in the third inning to set it up for Andre Monasterio. That's not a situation there. Yelly dropped down a bunt single in the eighth to start things there. I thought that was a great call. you got to be selective with it. And maybe Terang could have dropped down a bunt, but he wasn't, he didn't lead off an inning once tonight. So it comes situationally, right? And also, you got to be good at bunting to do it. It's not that easy to bunt big league pitching. But I know why there's a lot of commentary about why aren't they bunting, why aren't they bunting, why aren't there more more small ball we've seen to be successful. Tonight would have been a good night for it, but the situation of the game has to call for it, right? You're not asking William Contreras to bunt. You're not going to ask Andrew Monasterio to bunt. He's not that fast. He's quick, but he's not fast, right? So... I get it. It was a one nothing game. I tip my cap again to Justin Steele and the Cubs. This was one hell of a baseball game. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Craig Cashon is going to join us in just a little bit. But first, I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you all season long by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years And offering local expertise and decision-making capabilities, it's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. More to come on Brewers Extra Innings after this. Live from Wrigley Field. I'm Dom Catronio, and calling in back in Milwaukee. We got Craig Kishon with us right now here on WTMJ eight five five six one six one six twenty. Brewers fall one nothing tonight, and well, Craig, I just want to give us. I'm, I'm going to set a little timer here, okay? I'll give you the floor. Just go ahead and complain for ninety seconds about the wind. Okay, we, I don't want this to become a, all about the wind tonight, so I am starting the timer. You get 90 seconds to talk about the wind. Go. I don't
0: want 90 seconds
1: to talk about the wind, Dom. <laughs> come on, man. Give me a break.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I, I, mean, I, I, I made this comment, though, uh, on our TV post. I, I thought it was a little bit refreshing at times to have to see brewer players kind of smile or laugh because. This game would have been different without it. There's no question about it, but we're not playing the game. They are, and you could just tell they have a full understanding of what life is like when you go to Wrigley Field. And to be quite honest with you, having covered this team for over 20 years, I I like it. I don't have any problem with it at all. I've never complained about it. It's It makes these games exciting because it makes them different from every other ballpark, completely different than uh, American Family
1: Field, too. So I'm, I'm good with it, man. I, I'm good with it. it. It's the baseball gods, right? I, I think for every game you have like this, and oh, by the way, it's going to be another North Wind tomorrow for the day game. But for every game you have like this, you're going to have a game somewhere else where it's jumping, Right, or it, it all levels out, or and obviously the Brewers are only playing you know, two series now as opposed to three series with the new balance schedule, so they open the season here with it freezing cold and brutal, and now they get the reverse win. I mean, yesterday it was blowing out, and they hit two homers in the game, so uh, it all levels out. I'm not going to overreact to it because the Cubs got to play in that win, too, and quite frankly... They didn't really hit a ball hard to the outfield at all today. They hit a ton of ground balls again, and I think that's a hell of an accomplishment to hold them to one run and going 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position.
0: Yeah, and, and I also think that uh, – I think the Cubs' approach is the, what they did today is what they're used to doing because they play in that ballpark, obviously, so much more. I think it's, it's harder for the visiting team and it's harder for the Brewers – you know, tonight to kind of change their approach. And it's easy for us to say, oh, go the other way or just lift that ball in the outfield and, you know, look for some singles, uh, you know, hit the ball in the hole, that type of thing. That's that's really not what a lot of offenses do, but the Cubs are, are more used to this. And, you know, I'll, I'll give them that. I, I really thought their approach tonight was right where it should be, but I also think they're more capable of playing in conditions like this.
1: This is a game that you're certainly glad he had Corbin Burns on the mound too. I, I, I want to get into Corbin because he's an easy pick for Brewers player of the game tonight. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Corbin was awesome. I, I mean, he, he figured out that they were amb- they were all over the cutter early started flashing more curves, started flashing more changeups, and said, hit this, and they couldn't. Seven innings, eight hits, one run, uh, two walks, seven strikeouts. He threw 108 pitches, 70 of them were strikes. And Corbin, yeah, it's a tough luck loss. Second time this month the Brewers lose a game, one nothing that Corbin started. But, you know, that, as Ron Washington said, that's the way baseball goes sometimes. And I have no issues with the way Corbin Burns pitched tonight. Well, I mean, here's the bottom line for what he
0: accomplished tonight. He, time and time again, kept the score one okay. nothing, you know, and and so I think that's, you know, the biggest key here. And I, I thought Justin Steele's performance tonight and, and uh, Corbin Burns' performance tonight were kind of opposite of one another. Steele had to work through a lot of traffic in the first three innings. It was uh, two-on, one-out in each of the first three innings, Annie got hit with a line drive on the side of the knee. And so he he strutted his stuff. He's showing why he's a Cy Young candidate. And Corbin Burns showed, I think, tonight, at times late in the game, uh, how you keep a team that's down one nothing in it instead of all of a sudden having an inning blow up. Uh, he went after hitters at the right time. He got some big outs via the strikeout. He had tremendous uh, defensive plays from Bryce Tereng, uh later in the game as well. So uh, I thought the I thought the results and in, in what happened for each pitcher kind of uh, mirrored each other in a, in a different way—one early, one late. The,
1: the Brewers, uh, I you obviously had the opportunities in the first three innings, and I also an underrated fact of today's game is the bullpen getting. Uh, just needing Abner Uribe, didn't use any of the leverage pen, and Uribe getting back on the horse, retiring all three batters that he faced and also had a strikeout at the top half of the order. But this is just, I mean, I I don't want to overanalyze this game because the Brewers have played a great stretch of baseball these last 15, 16 games, even including tonight, right? Yeah, they had a nine-game winning streak, but they had been really rolling ever since that White Sox series, and they've been awesome to watch. And... Sometimes you give up one double, and that was the whole difference of the game, right? And the Brewers, they turn two double plays, Burns wiggles out of jams, they've got everybody available out of the bullpen tomorrow, and they've got an off day on Thursday. And this text kind of leads to what I'm saying here. This text from Ginny and Vernon. As a lifelong Brewer fan and a student of the game, I wonder if the code is in play, meaning it might be wise to lay down a game to save your roster. Now, I don't think that had to do anything with it, Jenny, but... What I think you're trying to get out here, Craig, is that, you know what? You lost one nothing. You got Devin ready. You got Piomps at Breather. You got Piguero ready. You've got Hobie. A day. I mean, what's your, if he has the lead after five innings tomorrow, he can you can coast and just give it to the bullpen.
0: Yeah, I mean, the script is there, isn't it? And it's worked so many times here for Milwaukee, not just during the nine-game win streak, but uh, the reasons why they're winning games, period. Um you mentioned Uribe too. I, I thought it was um, really a story that flies under the radar of how important his outing was too. Considering uh, he blew up in his last outing for the for the first time in his young major league career, and what happens next? You try to get him out there as, as early and quickly as possible, and I thought he responded uh, very well. I mean, this this kid is still learning how to be a major league baseball player and doing it on a major league field. Um, those things aren't easy. He, he did it on the road here tonight as well. And, um, you know, I, I say that and I look at a guy like, uh, Andrew Monasterio too. What a great, uh, play he made, uh, on that double play midway through that shut down, you know, the Cubs and, ending a huge threat against Corbin Burns Just part of a really good defense. So, um, you know, there's there's some good things to talk about here that that are important to a lot of individual players on this team here right now, and I I think you know you got to take silver linings. I mean, you play this this game every day, and uh, I think there's several to take out of here. They should not be ashamed or embarrassed because they lost this one one to nothing.
1: I agree entirely. Player of the Game is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. we got more with Craig in our difference-making moment. Up next, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620 on WTMJ. The fire department uh, right there on Waveland Avenue has been busy tonight. I hope everyone's okay because sirens been going nonstop here tonight. But, hey, Brewers fall one nothing. 855 855-616-1620 if you want to join us. We're with Craig Gishon still. And, Craig, let's just go ahead and jump into our difference-making moment because there were a few of them. It's all brought to you by Annex Wealth Management in a one nothing game. It was a razor-thin contest. What jumps out to you for your difference-making moment?
0: Well, it's hard for me to overlook what uh, Justin Steele overcame in that second inning uh, when he took that liner to the side of his knee from Victor Caratini. Uh, I mean, it looked like he was in a lot of pain, um, but he weathered that storm. And I, and I think a lot of uh, people maybe expected him to you know, finish that second inning, but maybe that's it. Uh, But he came back out for the third, fourth, fifth, sixth inning and uh, really just got better against Brewer hitters as it turned out here in this one. So uh, just to me, the fact that he stayed in, um, he won his 15th game today behind all of that. So um, it's saying a lot for a guy that's, uh, that's really emerging as kind of a superstar here in the league
1: yeah and with only two pitches I mean it's it's really impressive yeah. to watch him I mean the Brewers saw him last season right and even in the second half of the year when it really started to take off and uh, I again i've I will say it again Brewers fans know what good pitching looks like the difference between good pitching and bad offense tonight was good pitching combined with a tough win. I thought the Brewers put a couple of good swings on it but couldn't get anything against Steele. My difference-making moment has to be Jan Gomes catching Christian Yelich stealing in the eighth inning because you thought, oh, my goodness, that's exactly how a rally should begin. A bunt single. Contreras ripped the ball, but it chewed up by the wind into right center field. So you're thinking, okay, now I need to get to second base with one out, stay out of the double play. And on the first pitch of the at-bat uh, with Mark Can at the plate, Yelich is thrown out on what was literally a perfect throw if it was a little bit high if it was a little bit right if it was a little bit left Yelich is safe but it literally led the tag from Horner straight into Yelich's hand beat him there by a split second and boom the bases are empty in two outs and it's a lot easier to breathe for the Cubs
0: yeah I I agree with that Uh, you know when that inning started with uh, Christian laying down the bunt I thought hey here we go uh, finally in the eighth inning, someone understands what they need to at least give a try to do here. Uh, it gave me a lot of hope to start that eighth inning, especially, uh, you know, you're, you've got uh, a different pitcher in there as well. So um, who is in there in the eighth? Merriweather. Uh, so y- y- you just instantly get hope like that when it's only a one nothing game and it was uh it was certainly a perfect throw, no question about that. You don't see Yelich get uh get uh
1: thrown out like that too many times, that's for sure. It was uh just absolute perfection. So looking at you mentioned the defense in the last segment, man, and I, I had this conversation earlier today with some guys on the Brewers and what Bryce Terrain has been doing at second base, he made another couple great plays tonight and I, I tell you what, I am ready to start the campaign for him to be a finalist for a goal glover at second base. It's going to be hard because, look, Nico Horner has been just as great. Hassong Kim has been fantastic for the Padres too, but he could be a candidate for the utility man. I am so impressed with Bryce Terang at second base, who came up as a shortstop, and I know it's still up the middle, but, man, what an advantage it is for the Brewers to have two shortstops up the middle there were a couple of balls I thought, psh, no chance. In the last two nights, he's continued to dazzle. Even though the bat slowed down a touch the last week or so, he's bringing it with the glove, and I am so thrilled to watch it every single night. It is. Uh, it was the show tonight. I
0: thought, to be honest with you. I mean, considering the Brewers uh, weren't able to score and the, and the Cubs scored on a on a ground out in the first inning, um, I, I really think that Bryce Tarang is becoming the show and look, I mean what makes a great player and it, it to me it all starts with his instincts and of course he's got the he's got everything physically to follow up with that but he's got he's gotta find the ball first. The ball's not finding him. he's always finding the ball and that's one of the things that that makes him great. Um, and then it becomes pure entertainment because once he finds the ball, his instincts know exactly where to go and in his arm, Uh, puts the ball exactly where it needs to be, Uh, whether it's over at second base, whether it's at first. It it is really tremendous. His accuracy is off the charts. Um, I I would not expect him to win a gold glove this year, but I'll tell you what, uh, after this first full year in the majors, look out uh, from year two on starting in
1: 2024. He's been slick with the leather, to say the least. So let's look ahead to tomorrow now. Brandon Woodruff, Kyle Hendricks, man, it's, it's an opening day from years past. This is uh, a matchup for a rubber game. Let's let's just lay out the stakes again here. So, without a sweep, the Brewers cannot win the season series in this series. But if the Brewers win the series tomorrow with a victory with Brandon Woodruff on the mound, that will mean they will they are back up to a five game lead in the division, uh, and they'll also only have three games remaining head to head, and all they got to do is win one. Of those three games to win the season series, which could certainly add, you know, to the magic number down the stretch, where it essentially becomes a double whammy if they're able to enter that series, let's say, up by three games, and all they got to do is win one game and it's over. Uh, that that's certainly a great opportunity, but at hand tomorrow, Kyle Hendricks, Brandon Woodruff. I like where the Brewers stand, and Woodruff's been fantastic since he came back from the IL.
0: Well, he really has. He's only going to make his seventh start of the season, and when one of those came uh, at Wrigley earlier this year, the the start rate before his injury that put him out for four months, the thing that that I'm really impressed that that Woody not only has come back but came back so quickly to midseason form. I mean, he had – six innings, uh, an, an earned run and 11 strikeouts in his, his last outing against San Diego. Um, I never would have guessed that when he went down. I, I was just hoping he'd come back at some point towards the tail end of the season and do something um, significant for Milwaukee, um, whether it's starting you know helping the starting pitchers out or or doing a piggyback start or something. Uh, But to see what he's done, and then to top it off, Dom, his arm is going to be, and still is, so fresh, obviously. Such a fresh arm to put out there. There's no wear and tear on him right now. Uh, He can be incredibly dominant uh, starting tomorrow in down the stretch here in the final five weeks. It's really exciting to think about.
1: And let's be honest, Kyle Hendricks, over the years, He's had the Brewers' number. I mean, he's a heck of a pitcher. He's due to be a free agent next year. Could be one of his last matchups with the Brew Crew in a very long one of the last, in fact, the last player on this team that was on the World Series roster when you exclude the manager, of course, David Ross. But I I look at his career numbers against the Brew Crew. Tomorrow will be starting number 33 in his career against Milwaukee. That is the most against any single opponent. And he's essentially got a full season of starts against the Brewers. He is 10-8 and 8 with a 3.51 ERA, 182 innings, 163 strikeouts, only 39 walks, but 20 homers. Now tomorrow the wind will be blowing in again. You've seen it for a long time. Kyle Hendricks, it's the most comfortable over 3 possible, right? You're like, oh, I saw that really well. Ground out the third. Oh, I saw that really well. Pop up to center. Oh, I saw that really well. Strike out looking. And you're like, wait a minute. Nothing got past 88 miles an hour. And I, I marvel watching him pitch every time. Yeah,
0: it's something. And, uh, and you, you just said I, I've seen this over and over. What I've seen is I, I feel like this guy, and I joked about it on our TV side, that he's making his 1,000th career start against Milwaukee because <laughs> – I swear when we play play the Cubs, he's he starts every other game. Uh, but, I mean, he, he's been good, but I don't think he's been dominant against Milwaukee. So we're going to have to see after what they went through today with Justin Steele, if that doesn't maybe set up this offense to face him maybe in a better light. That That's kind of what I'm hoping for uh, against Kyle Hendricks. But he's been good. He's tough to score on this season. He's flirted with a no-no. Um he's, he's starting to hit a groove. I think his his uh, record and his ERA uh, are quite a bit uh, worse off, if you will, against what the Brewers are going to face uh, for a guy
1: in the old, what are you doing for me lately? He's been pitching really well. And this is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. 120, the first pitch right here on WTMJ. Craig Kishon, appreciate it as always. Sleep fast, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. No postgame show tomorrow, but appreciate you as always, my friend. All right, Don, talk soon. All right, Craig Kishon here on WTMJ. Let's get to some uh, Who's Hot. We'll hear from Craig Council a little bit later as well. We're we'll with you till just past the top of the hour and address a couple of these texts as well. 855 616 1620. 855 616 1620 right here on WTMJ. Tom Catronio now, just all by my lonesome. 855 616 1620. I uh, want to remind you that Difference Making Moment is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, Investment, Retirement, Tax, and Estate Planning, all from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning, customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Uh, as for what's happening right now across baseball, looking at scores, uh, no hit or watch out in San Francisco The Giants are not only three outs away from winning the series against the Reds, meaning they would have the tiebreaker head-to-head on the Reds when it comes to the wild card race, but Alex Cobb's throwing a no-hitter. He's going to head to the ninth inning with 113 pitches under his belt, going for the no-no, eight innings, seven strikeouts. In fact, the only base runner reached on an error. So keep that uh, in the back of our minds here throughout the segment and see if they can finish that one off. Another thing that happened today in baseball, and a couple of texts I've already addressed, this is this one from Mike in Colorado. Do you think the crew picks up any of the ex-Angel players placed on waivers, or do they stick with the guys that they got them where they're at? Another text here. Do you feel like the Brewers will go after G. Leo on waivers? Uh, a reminder in case you missed it, today the the Angels sent shockwaves across baseball, you know, just three weeks after saying we're going for it and keeping Shohei Otani and adding on at the deadline in, in a month, they've had a month from hell, quite frankly. Shohei Otani has a torn UCL. Mike Trout's back on the IL with more wrist soreness from his handmade injury. Uh, the, everything with Rendon has been scuffling. It's been awful. And today the Angels placed Lucas Giolito, and Ronaldo Lopez, who they acquired at the deadline, Matt Moore, and Hunter Renfro, and Randall Gritchuk on waivers. So they've essentially got 72 hours from the moment they put them on waivers to clear the waiver wire. And if they clear the waiver wire, they can be released, and anybody can have their crack at them. Or you can claim them off of waivers and just essentially pay them what they're owed for the rest of the season. You obviously have to have... have a 40-man roster spot available and spot on your roster. And reminder, it's September 1st on Friday, and the Brewers, you know, your your roster will expand on Friday to go to 28 guys on the active roster. You still are limited to 14 pitchers, but what will the Brewers do? I don't see the Brewers getting any of those guys. Um, where they are on the waiver wire, it's certainly not going to help them. I can see the Reds going for Giolito. Um, because they certainly need starting pitching help. They're barely staying above water right now, and he's a free agent to be. This was all a salary dump by Artie Moreno and the Angels, and I think that's just a load of you-know-what. But I I, I don't get it. It's bad for baseball. I hope there's something that happens. I was in the clubhouse when this news broke earlier today. And, and look, guys are on their phones. They, They get texts. They know these guys. They're teammates with each other. And basically the vibe was the players didn't even know as in the players that were involved in this waivers weren't didn't even know they played tonight too while they waited on the waiver process. Uh, wild, just absolutely wild. I don't see any room for the Brewers. Now, that being said, there was a transaction today for the crew. Bennett Sousa was pushed on the waivers and was claimed very quickly by the Detroit Tigers. Bennett Sousa, left-handed pitcher. He had spent a little bit of the year on the 60-day IL due to uh, nerve irritation in his left arm, but he is uh, now going to be a Detroit Tiger, so that actually opens up a 40-man roster spot right now. And there's a couple of things to talk about with that. Number one, the Brewers have a spot in their starting rotation, given they called up J.B. Bukowskis. He's a reliever. He's a length reliever. And number two, they they have a starter that's not on the 40-man roster, that's pitching well in AAA, that could be part of their plans next season, and that's Robert Gasser. Now, if if you're going to have Gasser start a game for Hauser... The next day would fall on Saturday, would be the next day that Hauser would be due to pitch. Obviously, he's on the I.L., so that's not going to happen. And you can bring Gasser straight up, put him on the 40-man, and bring him up because you have the expanded roster, or you could bring up Colin Ray. And Julio Tehran's going to throw in Nashville on Friday, too, as he works his way back, but I don't know. I mean, that, that's just the plot thickens. It's like the Brian Windhorst mean. you know, with the fingers up. I, why would that be? Why would that be? But, uh, yeah, I don't—I—I I wonder if it's going to be Robert Gasser. I really do. I, I think that could be a very exciting thing to watch down the stretch. But to answer the question, no. I don't think any of those ex-angels are going to land here in Milwaukee. But I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again down the road. Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council. That's coming up next right here on WTMJ. Brewers fall one nothing tonight. I'm Dom Catronio. The show is brought to you in part by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider. And for a limited time only, Cider is waiving their $99 trip fees for HVAC service calls. This offer is not valid on clean and tunes, weekends, or after hours, but you can save $99 for HVAC service calls. Valid through September 15th. Go to S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Brewers fall today by a final of one nothing. By the way, I shortchanged that no hitter. Uh, they're heading to the ninth now, and there was an epic diving catch that you got to see from Austin Slater. You know, every no hitter has that play right, and the Giants might have that play if uh, Alex Cobb is going to finish this against the Reds. And as we mentioned a moment ago, there's some extra stakes added to it. But for now, let's hear from the manager after tonight's loss. Here's Craig Council.
2: We know that this the wind affects the game in this ballpark as, as much as any park in, in baseball, um, and uh, so uh, you know when you hit the ball in the air, you're just you're not going to be rewarded in this park. And that that doesn't that we hit the ball in the air well for sure a couple times. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's it's we we took some really good swings that weren't rewarded and that's that's just this park on a, on a windy day. That's the thing, you can't tell your hitters to stop no. trying to hit the ball hard. Right? No, no, we, we hit you know, three balls. I'm not, I don't know if William balls get out, gets out, but it, it gets in the gap, gets off the wall um, and those other two get out um, and that's the nature of Wrigley Field. And the pitching matchup too, going into it, I mean you
0: have to steal them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean we 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 did a good job against Steele the first three innings. Um, the first inning, I thought, you know, Willie's at bat. Willie has a great at-bat. And, and, the um, uh, um, and then the line-out, unfortunate. And then, you know, we had action against him and multiple runners on and, and couldn't get the, the next hit. Um, and on the other side, I, I, Corbin was great. I mean, he just he pitched out of some jams. Bryce played a heck of a game on defense. Um, and, he, and Corbin made some huge pitches. Um, so it was, a, it was a wonderful performance by him. Sorry, I was going to ask you about Steele. I mean, just the, the pressure that you guys were able to put on him those first two innings, and then he takes that ball right like, off the thigh. And did you see kind of how he was able to kind of yeah, settle
0: in after that?
2: I mean, he just, you know, I, it, I'm sure it hurt, and, you know, I'm sure he's going to be sore tomorrow, but he, he did a good job of getting it going. Um, you know, he's a good pitcher. I mean he's he's having a nice year and he's he's a really good pitcher. For Corbin was that one one that he kinda had to grind a little bit through without maybe the best stuff. I mean there's still uh, some something of missing there. Yeah, I mean I I mean just battle maybe. I mean I don't I mean they they didn't drive a ball tonight, so so you know, he he didn't give up anything more to me than he, you know, the half ball in the first inning is split the outfielders unfortunately. Um that got that got us into a bad spot in the first, but other than that, it was, um, you know, some, some balls and some hard hit balls on the ground, but but that's it. You mentioned Bryce's plays. I mean, that, that play that he made on Bellinger yeah. in the six, or was the, the Togman... One better for you. Well, I mean, well, yeah, I mean he, he's, he's had a heck of a series um, and, and really, and a heck of a four, day, four games. I mean, he's, he's made just multiple, you know, we're at like six, seven plays now where you're like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, incredible. I mean, those are, those are outs. He's um, saving runs, saving big innings. Um, very special. You're going to have to see tomorrow if
0: you have Santana back.
2: Um looking I like he'll right now I would I'm optimistic that he'll be in the lineup in some form. I'm not sure if it'll be first base or DH. That's
1: good news there at the very end. Santana could be back in there. And you got Rowdy who can play first. Not a big deal there. Uh we're gonna play a couple of audio highlights and then get ready to say goodnight right here on WTMJ. Oh, we'll miss you, Bob Barker. Uh the Brewers Fall today one-nothing, so not a traditional highlight segment here like we normally would have, but I just I mean we talked a lot about Bryce Tarang's defense today, and I wanted to play a couple of highlights. One though from Andrew Monasterio, this is with the bases loaded and one out against Nico Horner. This got out of burns of a huge jam in the fifth inning. One-two pitch. Ground ball right,
0: actually a liner right to
1: Monasterio
0: squeezes it and then runs to the bag at third and doubles off Morrell and the inning is over a slider line right to Monasterio and
1: that's it for the Cubs in the bottom of the fifth a huge turn of events that play faked out a lot of us here up in the booth because it looked like it had a funky spin on it but it was actually just hooking way out in front of the slider great play there and then how about Bryce Terang make another epic backhanded play and the first pitch is a one hopper to the glove of
0: Terang. Throws to second to cut down half and that is an amazing play by Bryce Terang. That ball was hit hard, and Terang on one hop
1: laid out to get it, and then was able to cut down the lead runner. Full extension to his right, diving, and I mean, I think the ball caught him more than he caught it, and that was a heck of a play by Bryce Terang. However, no offensive highlights for the Brew Crew. Because uh, they went zero for five with runners in scoring position, they get shut out and they fall one to nothing. All right, give you the uh, broadcast schedule and say good night after this on WTMJ. All right, last few minutes of the show tomorrow we are on at 1-20. The uh, first pitch, I should say, is at one twenty. Our coverage will begin at twelve forty-five with the on-deck show right after uh, WTMJ. Now with Steve Scuffidi. And Sandy Max, and no post game tomorrow. We'll go straight into Wisconsin's afternoon news. But I've got you on Thursday. It's an off day, but we got Brewers Weekly, and uh, a lot to talk about. Obviously, getting ready for the final month of the season. You know what's coming? Not September. Craig Temper, and a reminder of the stakes tomorrow. Okay, I mean, the Brewers are still going to be in first place at the end of the day tomorrow. If they win the game and the series, they'll be one win away of the final three games that'll be the last three games of the regular season, to claim the season series against the Cubs, which will be important for tiebreaker purposes. And if they win tomorrow, they will be up five games in the division with 29 to go, and the Cubs getting ready to face four games in three days against the Cincinnati Reds. Meanwhile, the Brewers will be facing maybe the hottest team in baseball, the Philadelphia Phillies, over the weekend. And the Brewers don't face another first-place team for the rest of the season. They got two more series with the Marlins, they got the Pirates, they got the Yankees, they got the Cardinals, and they got the Cubs. That's all that's left. It's going to be over in the blink of an eye. 30 games to go. It's already here. That is, wow, I I, I really, truly can't believe it. So, again, we are on the air at 12.45 tomorrow. Then Brewers Weekly at 8 o'clock on Thursday night. Friday, we are on the air at 6. Brewers warm up for a 7-10 first pitch against the Phillies. Saturday, it'll be a 6:10 first pitch on the air at 5. I've got you for Brewers warm-up then. Weird start time on Sunday as they're on Peacock, actually, on Sunday. So if you're one of those folks that likes to sync things up, we'll remind you leading up to it. But it's actually a 12:05 1st pitch on Sunday, and our pregame will begin at 11 a.m., uh, getting ready to go. For that one in the finale against the Phillies this weekend. So one twenty tomorrow, off on Thursday, seven ten Friday, six ten Saturday, and twelve oh five on Sunday. First game of the day on Peacock on Sunday. Then the Brewers head east to take on the Pirates and the Yankees. Buckle up. Tomorrow should be a whole lot of fun. Hope you listen while you're at work. Kyle Hendricks and Brandon Woodruff on the mound here at the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. My thanks to Craig Kishon for joining us here on the program, and to our producer, back in Milwaukee, Matt Sossler. Man, this series has been everything and more. We got one more game tomorrow here at Wrigley. Want to see that L flag fly one more time? Thank you so much for listening. We got one month to go, everybody. Hope you have some fun, and until next time, keep on swinging.